Hello, welcome to the 40k Spy Center. <laughs> uh, the hottest takes in 40k. It's warm, it's mild, it's the Jalfrezi of space fantasy. It's a, uh, it's not a coma. Uh, oh, I've lost it. I didn't prep this far. Hello, my name's Rob. Welcome to the show. I'm joined by Nick and Tom. Nick, how you what doing? I'm all right, thank you. I've just checked the stats, and Jakaria's still at 69%. No, Perfect. Giggity, nice. giggity. Exactly the right amount that we want him to be. Uh, hello to Tom Layton. What up, Tom? Hey, hey. How are you guys doing? You all right? Uh, doing pretty well, thanks for asking. Doing pretty well. Good. Uh, looking forward to it. We've had a one weekend, week, one week off or two weeks off? We had one week off, but then we also had a, a week off. Like it's basically a bi-weekly show now, so you know. Yeah, but it's not. It's back it's weekly. Doing. It's just because yeah, of me anyway. having to do what I like to think of as a heroic job on painting terrain. Um, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to big myself up too much. Uh, but STNT didn't even cuss it out earlier, Tom. So it's it must true. be good. I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And they cussed out everyone else's terrain. Literally everybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. so imagine the oh, hottest, yeah. hottest spicy place in the world and they didn't think our 40k 40k terrain sucked which was great uh, anyway they did they didn't they did yeah. talk about the dicks though but that was about it yeah but it looks like that right yeah yeah uh, i and also blew up my computer positive, so it's all good uh, oh yeah did wait did my computer blow up last time we did the spy center yeah Maybe. i thought it blew up when we did the uh, final of these uh, super series no it blew up when we did the spy center sad okay. face sag Anyway, well, listen, everyone, thanks for joining us live, whether or not you've joined us live on Twitch, like Dude Our Day, who just resubscribed. Uh, big love to you, Darker Design, Shadow Sun, Diadrin, Nurgle Matthew, what's going on, The Iceman. Um, uh, if you're watching back on YouTube or listening to the podcast, big love to you. Today's show, we're going to be discussing uh, something which I would have thought we would have done a year ago in normal times, but our first 40k ninth edition tournament. I know some other podcasts and shows around the world uh, would have done this um you know in an inappropriate time like nine months ago but uh we uh <laughs> this is our first experience in the uk of being able to go to such a thing um i think oh no there was a little couple of win there was a week window wasn't there where or like a month window where you could have gone to a 40k event in the uk for nine yeah yeah uh possibly i think there was a i think there was a couple of really small events um before our proper second lockdown yes but with like quite a lot of restrictions in place and things like that yeah, and now we've got another one before the fourth lockdown. So excited about that! Uh, well, fourth wave, get it, third get lockdown. Get it in while it's hot. Yeah, get it in while it's warm. That's what I say. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be talking about that, and we've all got different, unique takes on it. Me as a TO, Tom as the judge, uh, and Nick as a player in the event as well. So very much looking forward to having a talk about this. Uh, but there's loads of things to talk about before we do get into that, uh, like some big old news. Um, uh, but before I do that, I'm going to see how everyone is. Tom, how you been? What you been up to? I've been all right, man. I haven't been up too much because I've been uh, I've been at work quite a lot. But it's all I've been effectively doing is painting some AOS, including this base right here that I'm doing for an AOS event this weekend. That looks like um, a Kragno space. It it might be a Kragno space. Um, I think I might be going a bit ham with the snow, but we'll find out when it's done. I'm sure it'll be fine. It also looks look like up. it looks like that rock that always is in Star Trek that Kirk is fighting nearby. <laughs> <laughs> And just like that, it's made of polystyrene, so it works. So, you know, <laughs> I love a bit of Kirk well, fighting. Uh, hello to Tanner Herbert in the chat. Big love to you. Uh, I hope you well. Big love, Minogle. Uh, Matthew, thanks for being here. K-Dread, what's going on? Um, okay, Nick, how have you been? You been well? 
Uh, yes, I've been pretty good. Like you said, I've played a 40k tournament this weekend, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, hobby-wise, I've been working a little bit more today on my mini miniaturized Star Trek Attack Wing box. Uh, I bought some blank D8s uh, and made the dice because they have a, you have it like D8, you roll D8s for a, uh, shooting and defense for your shields and things like that. So they need different symbols on. They're quite expensive to buy, so I just bought some really old blank d8s for like a pound um, and made my own uh, and okay. i've made all the movement templates now so i'm really close to actually making it playable which is pretty exciting um and i played uh, a game of 40k yesterday with uh one of my best buddies rick uh he he took a all dreadnought list um which was pretty fun to play against pretty cool i think it's actually you know it could be pretty decent um and I I used it as my last hurrah for my death guard because I've decided after the weekend's tournament to shelve them for a little bit and try my Necrons again, see if I can uh, find a decent list that I like playing and it is good to maybe take to my next competitive event in a couple of months. Okay, I'm very excited to ask why. Like, what what is it? Is it something at the end of you telling us about your games from the weekend or like? Not, not really. Um, I think part part of it is that obviously we've only just been getting back to playing 40k now, and when the Necron Codex came out, it was like like it came out and I couldn't play with it at all. I think yes. I can't remember the exact date, but it was like it was. I think it was just at the beginning of the second lockdown. I think it was around that time. I think I'm. I don't think I even had one game with it when it was out. So um, yeah, so it, that that new Codex came out the third. Games Workshop's third attempt at making Necrons decent. Um, so I've not had a chance to really play it yet. Um, so I've played my Death Guard quite a lot since everything's opened up a bit more. Um, I've played quite a lot of practice games with them. Uh, I've played an event with them. I've loved playing with them. They look fantastic, uh, in my opinion. And I, I've lo- really enjoyed playing the army, but I just decided to just put them down for a little bit and, and play, play something else. Well, Nick, there's a, there's been some accusations thrown your way, actually, uh, talking what? about your army. Accusations. Tom uh, Tom knows better than me, but I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bevy them up. Uh, at the team event uh, on the Sunday, so it was a singles event and a team event here for 40k at the TSN Arena, Nick actually won the Coolest Army Award, which was a player mm-hmm. vote. It was a player mm-hmm. vote. Yeah. Um, uh, but the suggestion is you hate podcast power. You hate the people who... Uh, uh, like uh, benefit of podcast power for the votes. Tom obviously got that podcast power at Blood and Glory uh, for his hobby yeah. in 2019. Mm-hmm. How do you feel yeah. about abusing the podcast personality power potential? I feel great about it because I came away with this trophy. <laughs> oh no, it's green. Part of it can be seen. That's a pretty cool trophy. What is it? I don't really know. It's like I think it's a crown. No, I think it's, it's a, a spiky crown. It's a Drukari amphitheater. Can I just point out how we've now demonstrated once and for all how small Nikos's head is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing is a, like yeah, uh, two this inches thing wide, is like ten inches across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a crown for my like. I'm, I'm the painting king. It's yeah. pretty big. 
Very but good. it's Very good. so what it is is you can paint it up and you can put little miniatures on it and they can just applaud you. It's like a little like like you can ah. have it on the side, put minis on it, and they're like applauding you. Like you're you're the gladiator in a in a very teeny coliseum. Mm. Okay. I do so, have yeah. A, so yeah. Okay. I, d- I do have some exclusive accusations that I need to level at Nick. For All right. Okay. Event, please, right? please, please, Tom. Because straight away. He was Spice playing. Center. Yeah, yeah. He was playing in round two, and he was playing against another Death Guard army, weren't you, Nick? Okay. And this Death Guard army the previous day also went coolest army. So I heard Nick stole models from his <laughs> army and added them to his own sideboard. <laughs> How do you, how do you, uh, yeah, well, actually, what happened is, um, when the best army numbers were being put up, I went and switched our numbers. (laughs) Ah, Nice, okay, well, that's what happened, actually. Actually, both the first and second place on the best army vote were on that board, so even that is still pretty sussy, yeah, it was, it was the board for it, uh, right, (laughs) so. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good game with Rick yesterday with his Blood Angels and his uh, all of his. That's where we kind of started yeah, this conversation. I yeah, think it was, it was. It's always fun to play, Rick. Can I just thank Simple Pink Ninja for subscribing? Who said holidays are here, so I finally get to make it live and usually a podcast remote. As said, Murray True Love, who said it's the first time watching live instead of listening to the podcast. No one looks like what I imagined. What did ah. you think we looked like? Yeah, what do you think we look? What did you think? I we mean, I think like? I think everyone just assumed I looked like a greasy nerd, and they're not entirely wrong, but. I mean, I'm also an Adonis, so it helps. <laughs> Nikos isn't the silver fox I was expecting. Give him five years, baby. Give him five he's years. Also, uh, he's also done a great job of balancing that on his head for quite For a long period of time. Yeah, I, I like well, to put my, that down. My head is not only small, but perfectly flat on top. His, his <laughs> neck muscles are powerful, man. All that looking up at other people is... Uh, <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> uh, Tom, I've asked you how you are. You're just furiously painting, right? That's where you're at. I'm trying to, yeah. I don't know what... I basically, mate, I spent this afternoon trying to work out how the fuck I write, and I just took my list. I was like, oh, uh, battalion. To be, fair, right. to be fair, everyone doesn't know at the moment. So it's, You did it's... help me. So I Good. looked at this battalion, and it had, like, leaders and then battle line, and then it had, like, one artillery piece, but I've got two in my list. So do I have, like, a battalion with all the stuff I can fit in and then one random artillery piece I can't Correct. fit in that? Okay, so I can stick shit in my list outside of battalions and like 40k where I, I can't do that. Correct. Okay, right, we're getting there. I also yeah. had to ask Nathan a lot of questions about how I get psychic power. Oh, sorry, spells. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, spells. <laughs> so, are you, I bet during the event you're going to ask, what AP is that? Yeah, I'm going to say AP a lot. Yeah. You're going to say AP a or, lot. Or I'm going to go back to a, I'm going to a 40k event the weekend after and I'm just going to use the word rend a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> and that's like, how rent- we establish oh, no. a 40k or an AOS player now. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. Right, um, so let's get to the news. Let's get to the news. And the news is kind of interesting. Uh, if we're going to go look at meta information, and we should do, Jakari's still at that 69% win rate, as Nick discussed. Nice. However, Admech, Admech at the weekend uh, with one of their first showings with three GTs in their belt. Uh, looking yeah. like they're doing pretty, 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 pretty good. So um, I wonder if either of you had got any thoughts about that. The uh, Admec to- um, Codex wasn't available to play here at the TSN Arena. We have a no FAQ, no play rule. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, like So uh, we're getting some T-shirts made for the Honest Wargamer as well that say no FAQ, no play. 
sometimes it be that way. That's what the t-shirts are going to say. Sick um, beats. Sick, sick beats. beats. <laughs> um, I'd reckon I'm still waiting on. I want to see if they settle on a build. If they don't settle on a build, I'll be a bit more worried because it means that they can just flex a lot rather than you understand what they're going to do and then lists are going to see how well they can cope with it, right? I know Manny's running 120 Skitari Rangers, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that build. Uh-huh. Um, I think it might fall over, like, a few times. I mean, you say there isn't one. We've still, we've, the credit's been out for, like, what, three weeks now? Four weeks? Uh, so, yeah, so, like, the, the list... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it shows that there's still a number of lists that are decent, but it's wherever they, like, hyper-focused towards one that's objectively better than all the other ones, right? Um... Yeah, then list building from up that doesn't mean that you've necessarily worked it out. For example, here's a good example. Uh, the Orc Codex didn't really settle down into the um, mech gun kind of style or even the looter style until February in 2019. And the book dropped in October or November 2018, right? So it was like a three-month gap. So a month isn't necessarily the same thing. I mean, last last book dropped Drakari, that was out for a month and everyone said the Art of War guys couldn't come up with a counter to Drakari and then suddenly they turned up at an event a couple of weeks after that month period and they've all got counters. So we've still got time. I'm looking forward to seeing how it does. Lewis wasn't day one. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's Tom's take on it. Uh, Tom thinks yeah. everything's fine. <laughs> which is not which is also his take on Drakari which is also your take on Drakari before they got a no, massive I, hit I never said everything was fine I said I hadn't seen enough information that's not the same thing come on okay <laughs> uh, so <laughs> what do you okay, think Nick? I'm, wi- Nick I'm wild I guess yeah. Nick where are you at um, I'm I'm just more worried about Drakari than Admech at the minute um, uh, people say people I've heard say that Admech are actually worse than Drakari it just takes taking a bit of time for people to either put the models together to make those horrific builds or find them because it it when we when we had a, a first look at it it's a bit of a, a bit of a head scratcher i think to first get your head around um but i'm just still more concerned about jakari like jakari have had the, had an faq hit yet they're still not they've come down one percent <laughs> so since release 70 percent, they've come down one percent which is like just uh, crazy and uh, yeah, that's what I'm more worried about. It, it, it's almost like they weren't winning because of the increase in damage. Well, it's yeah, almost it's... like they're winning because of how well they're playing to the missions. Well, yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's lots of things to that's break down. Right. And if people listening at home are wondering really what's in those admit lists, so there's a lot of auto cannon chickens. Um, is what you're, you're seeing. So Iron Strider, Balastari. Uh, there's also a bunch of planes doing really well. Uh, you're even seeing, uh, like you're seeing a lot of foot infantry. So big hordes of um, uh, Skitari are also doing well. So like, and sometimes there's a bit of both. And sometimes there's loads of each of those two things, which is kind of interesting. Um, there's a kind of like broke combo with the, the Patraxia or whatever the fuck they're called, uh, the, the flying chicken dudes. Um, the manipulus is in there as well. Uh, a lot of it is Lucius as opposed to Mars, although Mars is also playing and doing really well. Um, so I think there's a there's a lot of play there, like Tom said as well. And I'm sure Falcon will back this up. There's still time for there to be more data on the whole conversation. And also, ultimately, it's one of the uh, really difficult books to kind of easily explain out to the audience and also for us to even understand. In my opinion, having looked at the the data and looked at the lists. It's such a deep book, or 
maybe such a convoluted and confusing book, you end up just looking at it and just being like, okay, how the fuck does this even work? Does that make sense? Sometimes you kind of look at it. You're like, okay, you've got your brick of Terminators. I know what that's doing. I know what your Dreadnought's doing. Okay. I know what Morty's doing. Okay. I know what these things are doing. Okay. What the fuck is this even doing? And a lot of it's based around some like pretty potent strats that can do some pretty fun things. So, um, yeah. It's looking like it's looking like it's going to be a very strong book anyway. Uh, like, and and we'll see how it shakes out. Still, been a while waiting for the FAQ though. Like, that's one of the things that's kind of like stressing me out because I put, a, like I say, I put a new FAQ, new, new, no FAQ, no play here at the the venue. Um, and I wondered how you guys thought about that because uh, Falcon made a good point on Tuesday. And I wonder what your guys' thoughts were that um, with that in place. The first Drukari FAQ wasn't really the we're trying to nerf a strong book. It was more of a, a rules clarity kind of thing. Yeah, the yeah, tidy yeah. up FAQ. Yeah, it was like the tidy up FAQ, and it wasn't the loose ends. And the real, the real like boom FAQ came like two months later. Like uh, not even really the boom FAQ. Do you know what I mean? It's like the Space Marines one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It came after LVO. Oh no, was it before LVO? I can't fucking remember. It was. I think it was after. It may have been. I thought there might have been one before and might have been one after. Okay. But my question is, is how do you guys feel about that? Like, four events. Like, uh, Tom, Nick, any thoughts? About uh, whether you should be playing books um, without before an FAQ. Before an FAQ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've got no problem with it because a lot of the time the uh, 40k community is used to outsourcing its FAQs anyway, right? Like, we've historically had, like, third-party FAQs that come out and deal with the obvious rules issues, whereas I don't know if that's a similar thing in AOS, right? Um, things can still be broken, but then things are consistently broken after those FAQs as well. So if you're just waiting on a tidy up FAQ, we already kind of have that a lot of the time, right? All right like, what do you think, we, Nick? we have a weird tendency to self-police. Here's an, uh, another example is with like the sisters with the uh, suits, but a minus one damage with no cap. Mm-hmm. We've already self-policed for ourselves to say, hey, it caps at one. Come on. Well, some events okay. have. There's an event happening this weekend in America where it is not in place. Oh, yeah. Well, no one takes that seriously anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> Nick, how do you feel it's about it? It is a silly it? place. It is yeah. a silly place. <laughs> the um, US of A. It is a silly place. It is a silly place. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I think it, this came up a while ago, and you did discuss it with the Falcon, and I really think he made a good point where books need to be played to a certain extent in order to find bugs, right? Um. So I'm kind of of the opinion now that small events, I think it should be no FAQ, no play, because you don't want like a couple of people, like let's say a 16 person event, four people turn up with Drakari if they're busted and uh, ruin most of the fields a day with it, let's say, as, as, a, as a position. And then uh, you have a 200 player event where the same percentage of people take Drakari and most of the people still have, you know, like... It, they might uh, be broken and affect lots of people's games, but it finds a lot of the faults uh, more easier that way because there's just more games happening and more people taking it. Mm. So, and that in the long run is better for the community if those problems get teased out uh, and they're less likely to, I think, at small events, uh, big events. Um, so, but from a personal point of view, I'm in favor of having no FAQ, no play just because I, I don't want to take my death guard, say, and run into, uh, let's say, Admech, and they've got a, a busted combo, which just is like the Paraxi guys or whatever. Like, I don't want to play against that, where literally a unit can pop down every turn 
do something to me and then one CP go away and I can't do anything about it. Wait a minute. Or spec scan or whatever. Wait a minute. You're yeah. telling me a unit drops down, destroys like one of your players and then walks off again. You can't touch it. Yeah. This sounds familiar. Can't think. Oh, yeah, the Super Series. <laughs> Severin, oh, right. uh, no, you can, you can, you can shoot him. Uh, that's that's a completely different conversation. This is this is you genuinely can't. Sigma has no fucking guns. <laughs> Why well, he's got loads of guns, mate? Compared loads. to 40k, has no guns, mate. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so then, uh, Murray said, "How about are the early codex falling behind? We have Necrons and BA in our local friendly meta, and they're not oh, having loads. a great time." Uh, yeah. I'm not sure anything, about how far. Go on. Anything Dark Angels are before is having a bad time. If all the books of this level of Admech and Drakari, then I think we're gonna poor Necrons, man. <laughs> poor Necrons. Pour one out. Pour one out. Pour, pour one out for your for your crow space brothers. Space can go fuck themselves. They've also still got space wolves. To... Oh no, we don't. Fuck, we've already got our book. Oh shit. White yeah, scars and ultramarines still to come. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kelster uh, uh, to go says the big problem is we don't know when the FAQ will drop until games which it goes back to a schedule it could be another month before we see an FAQ and still no rust FAQ and I completely agree with that as well I think it's a real shame because you, you, you're, you're in a balancing act really as a TO aren't you Nick like, like, like exactly what Nick said Nick doesn't want to just buy a ticket to get bodied by some hotness you know maybe I know with COVID None of us are really making long-term plans, particularly. But even like a month away, you know, you're looking at like, oh, I'm going to buy a ticket to this. And then like the week before some <clears throat> bananas book comes out that's just crazy. <clears throat> and then like your good time has been ruined. Um, you know, it's very much like reminds me of um, uh, a quote from Doug Stanhope. Uh, really reminds me of uh, the, the reason he drinks because he drinks um, to have a good time because otherwise you're just really relying on you just having a sober good time you're just hoping the universe works out for you and i think that like yeah. as someone who doesn't drink i really can still understand that process like i get it like i'm like okay yeah because whatever you're doing is more fun because you're drunk i think whatever you're doing is probably more fun in 40k uh, with someone preparing for the worst situation to come out um but anyway okay I'll, on that very quickly, um, yeah. I think I would change my stance a little bit to say I would support no FAQ, no no book in one specific uh, instance, and that is every campaign book that ever drops. Because clearly they're never going to FAQ those fuckers, and also that means no one can ever play them in competitive play. <laughs> Just get them out, honestly. <laughs> Fuck them off. Yeah, I, pers I personally don't think it makes sense to play them without FAQ. Like with the sisters I don't think it makes. The... I don't think it makes sense to play them full stop. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, there's th there's that to say about. All right. So that's um that's one of the things. That's kind of like uh, what's going on in the world competitive wise at the moment. Uh, Admech are out there. Um, <clears throat> Jukari are out there. Sisters are on the way. Uh, so, or like sisters book isn't out yet though, right? I think it's out. It is out. Oh, it is out, but it wasn't doesn't have an FAQ. In fact, what we yeah. saw this weekend was there was a game at one of the events where sisters were playing Admech and we were both using the old books. Yes, oh. yes, and I'm really happy about that. Uh, so yeah, sisters is out as well, um, but we don't have enough like data on that at the moment to see what's going on. Um, okay, on to other news. Speaking of the data, yeah. Speaking of the data, so you know we all refer to 40kstats.com as uh, for the stats, but data. have you put like? Do you trust them? Have you, have you got faith that these stats are right? <laughs> I'm really into this, Nick. I'm really take me we're, down. We're take me down. Take this. me down a rabbit hole, Nick. Take me down a rabbit hole. Well, 
none of it like one person inputs this data mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. if you, i mean we'll we'll look at this uh, the website and see that see the numbers and just take it on faith that that is correct and that is right and that person hasn't filled with the data and put it all incorrect i mean do you believe it rob have you have you poured through all the data yourself personally and can verify that it's actually correct <sighs> you've, you've taken me on it i i, I trust I... the i trust the falcon I trust the Falcon, Nick, implicitly. <coughs> but the problem is, is trust implicitly will always go wrong. There needs to be checks and balances in our system well? of government. Yes. I, I think it's very suspicious that Tau were at the bottom of that leaderboard. And okay. Falcon does hate I them. Think, no, I think Falcon is a front. They've used him specifically because he's a known Tau here. I think the person behind the scenes is a Tau player who wants to demonstrate the tower shit and need bus. And he's done uh, that or by or, putting Tau at the bottom of the win rate. Interesting. Or interesting conspiracy. Is paying him <laughs> to tank the Tau stats so then later on he can he can take oh, Tau to yeah. a tournament and yeah. do really well because everyone thinks, oh, <laughs> that tower shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very, 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 yes. Nick, I hadn't... I mean, I'm going to put on record I implicitly trust him. Yeah implicitly but i agree but you haven't seen him to that no one's verified these stats no one's verified it like so how do we what do we propose as a system for does he do it all live every single input of every stream live stream all of it uh yeah live streaming microsoft excel to the masses (laughs) couch warrior makes a really good point in the chat data uh, yeah, maybe there's an anti-Drukari conspiracy boosting their stats so they get more nerfs, which is mm. a, a smart play as well. Because he loves yeah. Dark Angels, right? So what he really wants to do is buff them. Can you guys answer a question for me? Yes, Tom. Why do people like Dark Angels? The army? Well, they're like questori- yeah. questing knights. Like, you That's know, like when you're like... Space Marines ever. No, they, no, yeah, then... they wear robes and stuff. Yeah, so do the, so do Black Templars. No, these guys that. go on quests, man. Like classic quests. I don't. I just don't get why there are so many like Dark Angels lovers everywhere. I just find them rather bland. I don't like. I'm really confused. Um, maybe they've read some book I haven't or something. But then know, why but does everyone like every Space Marine chapter? Like you like uh, Space Wolves? Oh, I why? like Space Wolves because they're big hairy men who run around hitting things. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Nick, I mean, which, <laughs> Nick, who do you like? Uh, I think my favourite is out of the probably Blood Angels, maybe. Yeah, they're Ejima boys. I get, I get that. I get Blood Angels. I just don't get Dark Angels. I don't know. I don't know man. Maybe, maybe it's like maybe it speaks to everyone's personality. Like Tom, you like big hairy men. And yeah, you like yeah, space yeah. balls. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe people who like Dark Angels have deep, dark secrets that they don't want to reveal to Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, they're, they're sneaky. And... Dark Angels don't get on. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, Nick. Good. And another another plot point in our secret. Mm. Bl- yeah. <laughs> okay. Another mystery. The plot oh. thickens. Very interesting. All right, so one of the other pieces of news uh, out this week. Uh, I mean, we started to see some orc reveals, which is kind of cool, uh, but not really much to talk about. But it does mean that the Snagger Box and also the Orc Codex could be soon 
which is uh, really exciting. Mm. The other piece of news, I think, and maybe like topper, like biggest piece of news at 40k this week, is uh, that Games Workshop have showcased. They did a meat watch article, uh, a they classic did. meat watch, uh, mm. and um, yeah, and because on the meat watch article, uh, uh, Gork and points out that people like the color schemes of Dark Angels. Quick little side note on, uh, is it the Dark Angels? Yeah, so the Dark Angels in the Heresy are black, and then they're green in 40k, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. So, uh, does anyone know why that is? Because I know why. Why, Rob? I'm just mm, wondering if you guys No, know. I don't know why. So, in 3rd edition, maybe? This is one of those uh, in-games workshop maybe secrets i don't fucking know or care maybe third edition whichever they sent all their books out well they spent they sent all of their uh, codexes out for that edition for dark angels out to get printed in china or wherever and um they basically just got the color profile wrong on the the copy if that makes sense and then they printed the front cover and any like they can they printed it green basically as opposed to black that's just an accident that they were green yeah, <laughs> it's just a complete accident. It's one of those happy accidents. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just keep it. Yeah, it's fine. Or was uh, it the Falcon the whole time? That's the yeah, real question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The manipulist, the real manipulist. You just stood behind that Chinese printing press. Do it. <laughs> Do it now. Here's eight Canadian bucks. Um, uh, <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, the uh, Games Workshop have uh, shown off a couple of things. Number one. We don't need to go with that. Their event pack for their kind of like three uh, events that they're doing over in America. But specifically, the Meat Watch article went in to show their terrain setup and layout, yeah. um, uh, which was a very interesting. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on uh, on like on the look of it? Yeah, I'm pretty certain those pictures are wrong. <laughs> okay, do you want to explain to me why? So a lot of the terrain looks like it's a lot more shunted towards the middle of a board than it actually should be based on the diagrams. Um, so the way it looks right now on there is it looks like knights will be able to walk through the center of that, right? Um, so on the maps, it looks like they should. Um, so I'm pretty certain those pictures are definitely not quite correct. Um, and the boards will be better when moved, the big piece are moved slightly more towards the corners. Why, why, why do you think that won't be correct? Like, what's the situation? So because there's two I, versions. Okay. There's, a, there's, a, there's a physical picture, and there's also a top-down overlay image. Okay. Um, if you look at the pictures that they've taken, all of the pieces of terrain look very, very close to each other in the middle of the board. Whereas if you look at the actual um, maps that they showed us in the, um, what's it called, the rules pack, they're, they're definitely not that close to the center. I'd okay. be worried about moving knights on those boards on the pictures, uh, on the Meat Watch article, but I wouldn't be on the actual rules pack. Why would you be bothered about moving them? Because I don't think they fit. <laughs> okay, super fair. <laughs> super four. Uh, can I just thank Haywo for resubscribing? Big love to well you. Um, also, Nurgle Matthew pointed out that Tabletop Titans covered this on their Tuesday game, and they were livid with the Games Workshop setup, apparently. Um, well, okay. Which- then they should compare it to the actual rules pack rather than the actual pictures on the Meatwatch article, and they should know what they're doing with regards to playing competitive games. Tom, I don't think the... So so what you're saying is the article isn't right and the pictures are wrong. Yeah, but yeah, I'd, I would rather... like If I am 
going to an event, I don't look at the community page to see what the terrain's going to look like. I look like at the rules pack. And now if you go to an event and the tables do look like that, um, with all the pieces of terrain wedged together in the center, like it's the fucking ACO or whatever that event was and just took pictures of and put on Twitter, mm. then be livid. But at the minute, we've got conflicting messages and I'd always default in favor How of How do we pack. have conflicting messages? We have the community article only. No, you, you have a rules pack now. We had yeah, a, the rules pack a... doesn't show any different uh, layouts. I thought it did. Oh, have a we check. We talking for about me. them on the show. No, have a check. I'll ask Nick. I'll have a Nick. I'll ask Nick what he thinks. If you could just have a check for me, that'd be mint. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Nick, like you looked at the uh, the. So there were two versions. There were like picture versions. So as we understand yeah. it, Games Workshop have proposed two terrain layouts for all of the missions, and they're either going to rotate them either one or the other. I more than likely think that actually each board will just be one or the other terrain, and it won't be. <laughs> either or like i don't think they're going to go move them all around every round uh so um and then there, so there was a top-down version there was also a picture version um what do you think yeah. of any of it like what, what was so, your initial takeaways if i turned up to a table and that's what it looked like i wouldn't be super upset i think it's like a reasonable amount of terrain to respect and the layout's all right uh no no qualms with that apart from apart from actually the terrain at the edge the the forest that they have at the edge like right in the corners or right at the halfway points of the edges i'd rather tuck them in a little bit so they're a little bit more relevant to the game because there's like uh, on the top one of the picture the one where there's the four in the center in like a um and then two wide ruins in one one forest in each corner Mm. i'd bring those forests in a little bit um and maybe there's a little bit more room for a couple of other little bits of uh, small terrain and similar on the other board, I think there's like a, a big bit of space that they could. The um, Perspex that it's on, I think it looks really rubbish. Uh, the, yeah, the Perspex. Sorry, Nick. I yeah. actually, uh, I realised I'm because uh, I'm still on the the. I've just I just fucked up your audio for a second there. Apologies. Oh, no, have I just been speaking into the? No, it's because no of me. It's because of me because I'm still like I'm I'm on the fucking till machine, not on the actual PC. So apologies, apologies. Uh, so I've I've got the picture up now. So when you are talking about it, people will be able to see what the difference is. I've apologies, got to remember everyone. What I said now. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Uh, so basically, I was saying that. I don't mind those terrain bits. I think I think the layouts are, are, are all right. Uh, they're kind of good. Um, so if I turned up at a tournament and I saw that, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but I would pull the woods in the corners or edges in in a little bit more into the spaces because uh, out on the right on the edge, I don't think they're going to affect the game all that much. I prefer them to be a bit more towards the middle and there's quite a bit of space that they could fill with something else if they wanted to. But... The perspex that they're on in the photo particularly triggers me for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, they've got square, completely square, straight edges. I don't, I don't, is for some reason, it's just not pleasing to the eye, in my opinion. You like a and good rounded edge. I like a good round edge. How round, yeah. though, are we talking? Uh, like a oh circle, God. or you're talking just, just the faintest the whiff, of, an, a whiff of a round? Pardon? What are you saying? Just the faintest whiff... Like, do you want it big booty or do you just want like slim, like little tight? I won't go any further yeah, with want, that analogy. I want, ni- I want a nice smooth curve. Okay, nice smooth curve. Nice, long smooth curve, please. Yeah. Okay, uh, but like <laughs> all of our little curves. <laughs> uh, the perspex 
like initially how did i feel about the perspex i looked at it and i thought okay actually i love that i can see the map like or the board underneath it right it kind of works yeah. yeah but can you because the reflection on it because it's so shiny yeah, like I, I, I'm with you, like because we've got the objective markers, right? The 40k well, objective measure, markers, right? Yeah. right? Which are also see-through, and I thought they kind of work, but they're much thinner. They're tiny. Like um, these things are thick, thick and uncurvy, uh, which yeah. is the opposite of what we want. We want thick and curvy, not thick and uncurvy. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, like they're they're not necessarily. Um, uh, I don't know. I like initially I looked at it and I thought it just looked a bit sparse. But I think it looks sparse because there wasn't any base on the terrain, if that makes sense. And I'd also yeah. seen a lot of 40k terrain from American events, some English events as well, and some from around the world, where there was a lot of cardboard on the board, which I guess was terrain, in, in air quotation marks. This is me uh, sounding off. I guess so that's then. terrain. Um, so there's a lot of that knocking around. Um, and there was a lot of it on boards. So it did feel a little bit sparse. And I'd also just saw that article after a weekend of resetting every board in the TSN arena. like, And there were t at least 12 pieces on each board. And sometimes I was like, as, in, as a, a, an AOS smooth brain, I want to point this out to you both. Like, I was constantly like, where the fuck are the models going to go? Like, all the time, I was like, where the fuck are the models going to go, man? It's just full of fucking terrain. But, actually, we'll talk about this more in, in a bit. Like, it's just super functional and serves a purpose. I wonder if there's enough terrain on these boards. But they've got... So, they've got six pieces, fine. like, which are, like, line of sight blocking. And I was running eight at the weekend with four other things. And I agree with Nick. In this situation, they have four smaller pieces... Um, which looked like they were half the size of the smaller piece I was running. I was running something, as you guys can see on the screen, and if you listen to the podcast, uh, they were nine inches by five inches uh, in like length of width, um, or maybe it was like 4.5 by nine or something like that. Um, so they were quite long, and, and they were like my other pieces, which were either crates or they were normally forests or they were like like piece of terrain. I don't know if they're going to play any impact, really, those ones in the corner, those little green squares. Like, I can't see them doing anything, right? Yeah. Like how often? I mean, the the one on the, the the bottom one where they're on the halfway point on East Edge, I think yeah. they may become relevant sometimes. But the ones right in the corners, I don't know. I don't think a lot. I don't think very much of any game that I can recall happened in the corners really. Yeah. Like right in those corners, very little. With yeah. And there's also some like pretty significant fire lanes, right? Like straight down the middle, like on both sides. I, I think I'm okay with that though, because I kind of I don't want to completely remove the ability to shoot at all in 40k unless you're having nose line of sight shooting, right? I know shooting is very oppressive, but at the same time, I want there to be rewards for being able to shoot things, right? I don't want it just to be about jumping between ruins and charging people because yeah. we don't have a combat mechanic in AOS. It might be okay a bit more, right? Because you can charge someone and get punished on a double turn or what have you. Whereas in 40k, you charge something, hit it first, and you just instantly up on the trade. So I think I think I, I think, I think being able to just gun down an alley basically across the board feels like it's a bit much on one of the boards. Well, I like the one that's four. The one that's four squares. I don't like like square. Like I hmm. I like a lot less than the other one, which yeah. I like a lot well, more. Well, the, the bottom one's definitely my favorite. Equally with this, I think that you also have enough room to hide important things. Right. No matter what the deployment is, you have somewhere where you can hide like the stuff you most want to hide. And then you've got like other ways of keeping yourself safe, like reserve mechanics, don't you? Mm. 
um, but you ne don't necessarily you're not necessarily able to hide everything else. Whereas if you contrast that with the uh, LLGT uh, pack, um, they had I think that we did a lot of testing with that specifically, and we found it difficult to hide like very much of anything at all. Never have updated that, and we can hide a little bit more now. But it's always about finding that balance of you should never be able to hide everything. I don't think, but equally you should never be able to hide nothing either. Okay, you, you think you shouldn't be able to, you should, from one deployment to the other deployment, you should be able to, like, take something out, basically. Yeah, yeah, there should always be some kind of benefit to that, right, rather than just moving up and standing on everything, right? Because if you can never kill every, anything turn one, everyone's just going to bring armies where it's just going to be about living for as long as possible, because you can't be touched turn one, and then you've got four turns to remove everything. Whereas having that ability to remove some stuff turn one, regardless of... Um, like deployment type uh, gives you the ability to take something that is going to kill stuff rather than something that's just going to cause a meat grind fest in the center of the board and therefore default the game to whoever gets to go first and walk forwards. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Like I, like, I remember playing a game of 40k. This is 8th edition, though, a few years ago, and it definitely wasn't a lot of terrain. And I remember just deploying on the board. It was I had a vehicle. I can't remember what it was. Sure. And then, and then the other guy had, like, uh, I don't know, some missile launch or something. Something that was yeah. 36 inches. And I couldn't... There was nowhere on the board I could hide my vehicle. And he was oh, just like... Yeah. And he's just like... He's like, so I'll delete that turn one. And I was like, yeah. well, what's, the, what's the point in having it, right? Like, and you're right. With reserves... No, I get you. With reserves, being able to put anything in reserve, that does give you some options now, which is quite nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway. I, How do you feel about I the perspex bases? Can I? Well, I'll just yeah. I'll just go back on this one first, and then I'll go for perspex bases. I think you need to incentivize lists that allow you to kill stuff, because if you don't incentivize that at all, then people are just going to build those kinds of grindy lists, and then it becomes a ball fest. And I think that's why we see a lot of the first turn advantage. It's not necessarily about killing loads of stuff; it's about mitigating the amount of loss you have from not being able to kill things turn one, because you're never going to kill anything anyway, and then just running forwards and standing on all the objectives. With the perspex bases, uh, wouldn't that be expensive to do for every single table? Uh, very, very expensive to do. Do you think we're actually going to do that? Or do you for think every table? Maybe if you can get, maybe if you can get them cut at a factory. Maybe if it, maybe they just scale. do that for stream tables. Maybe we just have like, you know, I mean, top eight tables get perspex bases, and everyone else just gets. I don't know. I don't know what they'd do. Uh, so, so, so you're, so you're, ha so you're happy that. to trade. You're happy to trade the first turn advantage of a grindy game to a first turn advantage of a shooty game. Yes at this point yes because i think the mission's already favored for a grindy game whereas i think we need a bit of balance okay and you think shooting needs to occur to 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 bring the balance back yes yes because if i can't shoot turn one why would i take a shooty list i'd just take okay. a grindy list well yeah. i i maybe what about stuff that is gonna like like move and shoot so as long as you hmm. can move somewhere and get an angle to yeah, shoot. yeah true but if I'm playing on like a WTC heavy board or a WTC medium board, it's still a struggle to shoot anything other than like one asshole poking his bum out the side of a ruin. It's kind well, of my true. kind of opinion is that um, the objectives should like each objective on the table should have a couple of firing lanes towards it. So because obviously there's an incentive to go and stand on the objective. So as long as there's the um, the, the cost of doing so the benefit is you go and sit on the objective and score points but the cost is you expose yourself to the fire lanes from the opponent's side of the board. Maybe, yeah, that, that'd work too. That'd work too. The problem yeah. is though, how, how do you, like, we spoke about this in the weekend mode, didn't we, Rob? Like, how are you going to fit all the objectives on the board without actually any terrain being on them? Yeah, like, that's fair. actually super hard. So what we did what we did at the weekend um, uh, here at the arena, so, like, we played, like, uh, six different missions, maybe, uh, over the course of the, the did, two yeah. days, the singles and the, uh, and the teams. And uh, we reset the map 
for every single board. Now, I've produced like pretty much identical. They're, they're different looking sets, but like it's the same, right? There are basically eight line of sight blocking pieces, and there are four other bits, so it's 12. So basically, it would just be rotating them around um, to kind of like design the board so that like I think the players are interacting. I think ultimately, like whatever the Games Workshop set is, like as in this one and everything else, as long as the terrain that's being put on the board, that's kind of my takeaway from the weekend because I was having some pretty major panics about people actually enjoying playing on the boards and then being functional enough. I think I managed to hit them being functional enough, which I think was pretty key. And then it's now about like the function. Actually, there was a really, really good game uh, that happened um, when uh, the Sons of Hummus played against... Um, so this is the team event. Sons of Hummus played against uh the i think team clueless actually um on one of the boards so they played on an eldar board that we designed and it's got i don't know if he's in the shadow sun some of his terrain was on there as well it was kind of a creamy looking board if you've seen those pictures now me and tom had decided that uh, i think two or maybe four we changed it each game uh were impassable pieces of terrain or effectively yeah. unbreachable unbreachable, unbreachable. Yeah. so it was i think it was a dark angels list versus a marine white scars a white scars. It was Mike Porter's white scars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So white scars, right? Um, and uh, the Bronze Angels player, and I'm sorry, I forgot your name right now. Lovely fellow, though. Really nice. Um, he had a terrible time. Yeah, he was like, "I hate this. This sucks. I can't go anywhere." And it wasn't Blood Angels. They were red, but they were Dark Angels. Um, they Mike, were. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, that was it. Um, and uh, oh my he God. was like, he was like, "I hated this. It was terrible." Like, hate the fact that I couldn't move around it. And he was playing against uh, Mike Porter. And Mike Porter was like, I just think it changes the shape of the meta. Which is kind of what I think Tom's really saying here, aren't you, Tom? Like, yeah. the fact that like the fact that he wasn't able to just kind of, like, move through these pieces of terrain. Yeah, and therefore he had to move around the pieces of terrain really affected him. Um, because we also have a Necron board that was really similar as well. I think next time we're going to, in the pairing process for teams, we're going to identify and say, hey, look there's one board on each of the four tables which has got this impassable terrain, so you're going to have to move around stuff, so you might want to put your quicker armies on there or your armies that can fly or something like that and also include it in the pack so people can kind of see it. Mm, yeah. But like, I think redefining the meta, I think this is one of those things that's, um, that's problematic, I think, from Games Workshop producing a set and there being other systems out there and there being other designs is that you do develop a meta which you're not quite sure about and i kind of feel sorry for the the guys out there who are just like they're like they're like okay they, everyone's telling me terminator's a thumb up yeah i walk through the breachable terrain i'm pretty tanky i'm all good big thumb like i'm very happy yeah whatever the situation and then you go play on the games workshop board and then those are like do a lot of shooting Shooting's very good. Like, this is going to be a big positive. And you, the, the meta is significantly different just by the terrain layout. Hey, Fluxy, big love to you. Um, and so, I, like, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe no one gives a fuck. Like, you know, we had different boards at the weekend and people moved around. But I, it's just, it's, I think it's such an interesting conversation. I know I talk about it too much. I think, I just, I think the people who are going to have the worst time affected by it. So as long as the TO puts out uh, in their player pack like roughly what the terrain is so either you put out the wtc terrain package say we're going to use these maps or you put out whatever you gain the games which one say we're going to use these maps so people know ahead of time what the terrain layout is going to be so the so people who uh, will be able to uh think about that and understand how it works and how it's going to affect the meta and how it will affect how their army plays in the missions 
people who can adjust to that will be fine. But it's the people who uh, may perhaps, let's say, newer players who aren't quite, um, uh, don't quite get those nuances of the game. They're going to people. They're going to be the people who have the worst time at tournaments potentially, if terrain isn't. Yeah, like they might turn up to an event with all all uh, foot slogging troops, and there's loads of uh, non-breachable terrain, and they can't move around, and they have a really bad time. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's that's a consequence I can think of. But I think yeah. But interesting, as as... interesting, right? I think it's caused some uh, some interesting conversations. Tom seems Tom's kind of gone for the second, so he's been back. I think it's to throw out some of his forty k train he was painting, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, like, so I think it's just interesting. It's out there in the world. I think different people are breaking it down. They're kind of dissecting it. Um, is it going to be more? Is it going to be less? We've definitely got at least three systems now. You've got the Games Workshop terrain. Oh, no, four. Nick, we're full of systems. Oh, well, there we probably is more, right? WTC, ITC, UKTC, uh, yeah, and yeah. Games Workshop, right? Four, like the Bachelorette, four terrain systems vying for our hearts and yeah. our... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the terrain house. Welcome to the terrain. Who will you I vote out? Game with each terrain set each night. All right, let's play. Let's play this game. Let's play this game. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna play host. They're gonna play host. Twitch chat. You're the decider. Um, Tom, who are you gonna vote out of the terrain house this week? The I think I've missed the context on what this is because I just so, got back. So there are four different terrains. There's the ITC, WTC, oh. UKTC, and Games Workshop terrain set. We're going to vote out one each. Well, you two are going to vote out one uh, out of the terrain house. Who would you like to vote out today? Nick, let's start with you. I'm the terrain island. Vote out the ITC terrain pack because the USA is a silly place. <laughs> okay. All right. Tom. Who are you voting out of the are terrain house? Yeah. I'm not voting out the GW one. Okay. okay. I'm not voting out the LGT one. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not voting out the ITC one. I'm going to vote out the WTC one. Wow. Wow. A, a shock horror. Mm. The crowd goes wild. Twitter explodes. There are hashtags, Tom the Betrayer. <laughs> All sorts of things happen. Um, would you like to tell us why? I can explain why. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the boards in the WTC one basically revolve around, firstly, is it light or heavy? And by that, I mean, there are two slightly lighter boards and then everything else I class as heavy. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it comes down to, does the board have trees on it or does it have a crater? Well, that's what I'm looking at when, uh, that's fine, Neil can come back. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, that, that is what I'm basically looking at when I'm doing my pairings because I don't go and ask my team what boards they want. I just pick it and then they play on it, right? And most of the time, it's fine. I would like to see more extreme boards on one end. So the heavy board, I think, is fine. But I think that the light board is so much heavier than it should be, it makes the mediums even, like, the, the medium between it, right? It's like the Oberton window. It's like heavy is here. But like with heavy here and light here, heavy is on this side. Mm -hmm. Light is where medium should be. 
Right. And therefore, medium has halfway between light and heavy, which makes him like medium heavy. Okay, talk and to me. I tell, want, tell me about I your want light. To see oh yeah, the lights become way more light, mm. and then the mediums become what light is right now. Okay, talk to me. What do you want on a light board? Like, give me, give me, like, give me, give me twelve pieces and describe I what they are. I want two armies to literally be able to blow the shit out each of the, out of each other turn one. Wow. Okay, so what are you saying? Four forests, four craters, four like lots of um, maybe two, uh, maybe one crates. big L and two little L's. Oh, you you uh, want any L's at all? I thought you wouldn't want any L's. No. So two big L's in the center and then two little L's, like current kind of like what the LGT original pack was, maybe. Because okay. I want to be able to take like a shooting army in my comp and say, right, this is what this army does. Rather than just taking a bunch of armies that are meant to excel on very similar kinds of boards, I want teams to be able to have to answer different kinds of challenges when they do their pairings. Okay, for this is for teams specifically. Yes. How would you feel? Final question on this uh, subject for you all. Um, how would you mm-hmm. feel about uh, a singles event? Would you want every board to be the same density, or would you like to see a a like lighter medium? Like, would you like to see two? One that's a bit lighter, one that's a bit heavier. Let's just go for those two. A singles event. A singles event. Uh, I would like a mix. You would like a mix? Okay. Yeah. Okay. How would you feel about getting on the board that doesn't work well for you, though? Well, as long as I know that that's the environment when I'm going to the tournament, then tough shit. Okay. Maybe I should, yeah, maybe I should design my list to work in any circumstance. If, if I want to give myself the best chance, but then maybe it's a risk that I take. Maybe I accept that there's a percentage chance each game that I'm going to have a board that's going to screw me slightly. Maybe I take a bit of a gamble and I go, right, if I hit the light and the medium boards most of the time, then I'll do really well, but it'll be a bit unlucky if I hit heavy board. So I, but I li- I'd like to have that, uh, yeah, that just additional factor in the tournament. Yeah. Okay. And Tom? Sorry, can you repeat the question, please? Sorry. Sure, I can. The question was, Thanks. is if you go to a singles event, which is different, yeah? Yep. Singles event, would you like there to be a mixture of terrain densities, or would you like it all to be the same? I would like it all to be the same. Uh-huh. I don't want... I Because if you're treating it as a uh, competitive endeavor, as in you're taking... Especially if it's like a, a big event, right? Like a, an event people are taking seriously. I don't want to see people losing games over... Um, they just rolled the wrong board. I mean, people already lose games if they rolled the wrong matchup, right? But if you take another like random component out, you can take it a little bit more seriously by saying, hey, um, I don't need to firstly roll a good matchup and then secondly roll a good board. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Okay, all right. Well, I think we've talked about that enough. But interesting, it's out there in the world now. And it's still, I think, a persistent conversation in 40K. I don't know if you two think it is. It seems to be, it might be I'm like zoned in a bit too much but i like i think the maps that we've got to play on is quite interesting i also love the idea i think of different types of like you really could like mix it up even if you've just got a heavier board and a lighter board it means every uh, mission that you could potentially play have got you've got two versions at least to play of each one right which would be quite cool but whatever we'll see uh yeah what do you uh yeah, yeah nick i think you said it had something you want to say there uh, now I was just going to ask who actually won the who won the terrain house. 
the oh, uh, <laughs> find out next week on the uh, the forty k spy center, the terrain house. Who will get the um, blood covered uh, plastic rose that is the terrain house? Um, <laughs> right, okay, trophy. yeah, <laughs> the trophy. So, uh, just to um, move on with this main subject of the show, hour in, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Is talking about the event at the weekend nick you were at an event at the weekend uh i'm very jealous uh i saw you playing uh do you want to let us know how it was tom you're also judging so we'll go through the kind of I rounds was. a little bit uh how did uh, the event go nick um it mostly went really really well um okay. on the whole so i went so it was a team event teams of four mm-hmm. i went with team james workshop so Ooh. shout out to james paul and andy classic crew um so um, uh, Paul put Paul took Grey Knights mostly because it was an army that he's been working on for a long, long time, and he's put loads of effort into it. So you can tell it looked it. really good. It, it, yeah. Yes, and it won, um, I think, well, effectively Judge's Choice Award, which is pretty nice. Um, and he took a Dark Angels list with lots of infiltrators, um, and James took. Uh, Tyranids with like lots of Zoanthropes and Hiveguard. Um, and I took my Death Guard. Um, so we kind of had two relatively resilient ones and then, well, a Grey Knights, which is more more uh, offensive than sort of mine and Andy's and then James's, which was pray for first turn, shoot twice with Hiveguard uh, and then uh, psychic stuff off with the Zoanthropes. Um what was I going to say? I was going to say, I after the event, this is kind of fast forwarding to the end, particularly around Andy's list, I kind of felt a little bit um, personally upset for Andy for uh, not making, because I, fe- I felt a little bit like I almost made him take that list because I it was in our world. We both kind of got excited about 30 infiltrators. I yeah. think overall it didn't particularly work that well over the course of the event. But I think we both became obsessed with the idea of taking 30 infiltrators. And we got so obsessed with the idea of whether we could, we forgot to ask ourselves whether we should. Sure. And the answer yeah. is probably not. <laughs> partly because um, yeah. partly because um, lots of stuff is so fast in 40k nowadays and the board is smaller. What is the point in infiltrating? Um, because you can just basically move their turn one almost or stuff can get you straight away. So um, I'm sure there is value in some infiltrating stuff, but like lots of infiltrating stuff, not necessarily. Um, and I think Andy's Andy, where he is with 40k at the minute, would possibly have done better with more of a um, offensive output list because I feel like the list to get the most out of it. Um, although Andy is Andy is a good player, he's not got the most tournament experience, so I think the list to get more out of it possibly required. Um, a bit more experience than he currently has in tournaments and against certain stuff because he doesn't like he only really plays against us who have our certain army so there's there's loads of stuff that he would have come up against and he did come up against that you're playing for the first time so playing with a list that doesn't have loads of output can i think be a bit of a struggle sometimes um um so we uh, uh we came last so we didn't we didn't do we, we learned a lot of lessons though you learn all the best lessons when you lose games. So we True. learned a lot of lessons that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, 
Uh, but we smashed it on the Hobby Awards, so I won best. Uh, I won best painted, and Paul Paul got judge's choice. Uh, so we smashed it on the Hobby front, which is pretty sick. Those aren't the names. It was yeah. coolest army and coolest best army, attempt at painting. Best attempt at painting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'd like to just go through. I can only really go through my games. Obviously, I don't remember. Uh, well, yeah, well, I'd love to. I'd, lo- I'd love to hear was, about them. Right? Huh? Yeah, yeah. The, the pairings process was. Uh, enjoyable again that's one of the best things about a team event i think not only like the camaraderie of you guys as a team you're playing for each other you're fighting another team it was really really cool um uh and to the pairings process i kind of my process for four people i think i've never experienced eight person uh, pairing tom would be the expert to talk to about that and how that works and i'm sure he can talk at length about engineering matchups and stuff like that and in a four player event i don't think you can necessarily engineer the same amount my aim was always to try and get was two i think you can i think you can get you can choose two effectively so the first person that goes in they get given two you can pick their matchup out of those two but i if if we were going into a pairings i and i wanted to get one person a a matchup i would hold them in last so they wouldn't be the first person and they wouldn't be the two that go to defender the last person because you can by process of denying and choosing certain things, you can kind can of I get them a list. Hop in here, Nikos, because yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a little bit of a difference between how we were doing it and how four players sometimes work as well. So the way it was going was you put down your defender, the uh, opponent would attack with two players, and then whichever attacker you didn't pick would then go and play against the card that you held in hand. Yes. So effectively, both teams were pick, were picking for two of their players yeah. rather than it being the two rejected players play each other and the two cards in hands play each other which is how Oh yeah it. that's yeah that's that's how that's how we did it yeah so that was kind of um uh, yeah how which I tried is the, to which get, is the way we're going to change it to next yeah. time yes yeah 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 which is the system we're going to change it to next time uh, but yeah. yeah like i mean that's really fun nick did you guys have like a complicated pairings matrix team clueless who by the way we did. spoilers we did. won the event we did. yeah we did do but, a matrix it was kind of a best guess of, oh, that'll be a good one for you. That'll be a really bad one. Try and avoid that. Uh, but we didn't really look at it intensely before each pairings. It was kind of like, who do we want to try and get a good game? Like, so the la- so for example, the last round, um, they had a Demons player. And obviously, Paul was taking his Grey Knights. So Paul, <laughs> for, for multiple reasons, want, wanted to play it because it was thematic that he'd play it. And obviously, Grey Knights get a lot of bonuses against Demons, but also, equally, Demons get a strat where they can re- re- bring back a unit if a Grey Knight unit kills it. So it was kind of a win-win for both players. Um, and we were able, through the prairies, to get that matchup for Paul. Um, so we didn't really necessarily look at the Matrix all that much. I think it's much more relevant in an eight-player event than four players. But it was useful. I think it was a useful exercise to do pre-event because it made me specifically look at all the lists as captain have a look and and think how am i going to do against it and how is everyone else going to do against it um and think about what matchups you want to get and which ones you want to avoid so it's a useful Uh, thing to do i think have you got any advice for uh and tom same question to you have you guys got any advice for like starting a local team or a team to go to events because tom actually just to cut through to you real quick uh, one of the things that you said that just isn't a thing really is there yeah. isn't a lot of team tournaments in 40k. Yeah, and I think we we also explored that with the guys who were at the event, right? We didn't really have like people with like club shirts turning up. It was just like a dude and a group of his mates, right? So we had um 
John Partridge came down and he was down playing with a bunch of boys from uh, Leeds, even though he now lives down in, in Dorset and what have you. So it was very much more just a group of mates all just coming together. So the way that these sort of things always start is like a group of mates, even like historical football clubs back in the day, it's just a group of dudes that just meet up together and just play games together. Mm. So honestly, just get a group of four mates together, come down, have a play. And then if you keep making it as a regular thing, maybe you can start like getting sh- like shirts and taking it more seriously and making your own club. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think that, that's the, uh, the the interesting element I hadn't really seen. Like the Eight Sigma teams, like people like they mm. got club shirts together. They were ready, like it like it looked like uh, the best stag weekend you could have, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and I, yeah, I was kind of expecting to see. I thought forty k because whenever you look at American coverage, they're all in some sort of like very very too tight for them top. Can we just talk mm. about that? Like that's like. If the body we, doesn't, so we we have hoodies, so we don't really have that problem. So yeah. if it, if we if we gain a few lockdown pounds, we just unzip it, and it doesn't really. Yeah. I mean, I show. also just unzip it, but yeah. Nick, Nick, just do me a favour. Is your phone near the mic? If it is, could you just move? It? I can hear it as well. So I think about that. That'd be mint. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, also tell he's very popular, by the way. Oh yeah, I know. Loads of messages. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, but the uh, but yeah, but like I I'm just saying like I don't want to be I don't want to be the spice center about it, but I'm just saying America, if you're not if you don't have the just just dressing your lane is what I'm going to go for. Just get a few more Xs on that L. Yeah. Just make it so I don't know what you're rocking. That's all I'm going to say. Uh <laughs> Neil says, if you have something against the big men in tight revealing clothes, you better I not mean, come to the WTC. No, Neil, I, we, I'm very pro it. I'm we very pro it. Well, but everyone at the WTC just takes their shirt off. So that's, it's not a problem. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You mean the synthetic sports jerseys that can never wash out the smell? Mymans, you've got it. I'm just going to say, let's dress to impress. That's what I want to say, Nick. It's 40k events. Let's dress to impress. I mean, do it. Mate, when I want to dress to impress, I just wear tight clothing. So <laughs> I tell you what, I I've got there's uh, there's a there's a couple of X's going on my t-shirts uh, after lockdown because lockdown's <laughs> not been kind. Uh, <laughs> is what I'm gonna say. I've uh, I'm gonna be rocking a few different ones anyway. Um, uh, I, I also am not dead set on them being sports jerseys at the minute or whatever it is that we generally see. I like. Are we throwing bowling shirts out as a style of clothing? Like, is that not okay? Hoodies? Singlets? Hoodies and just a normal t-shirt is, is what James Workshop do. Huh? So we've got, we've got club hoodies. Hoodies is good. Tom, how do you feel? Like, if you, would, if you were going to set up a club or a team tomorrow, yeah, what, 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 how are you going to outfit your team? We're just going to come in whatever we normally wear, and then after a year, we'll maybe start getting some actual shirts done. Okay, uh, and have, then after that done... year, what shirts would you get done? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I was completely misinterpreting the question. Uh, I normally do hoodies. We've actually got some in the other room. Uh, if it's Team Wales, then I do the synthetic stuff, but that's because, you know, we're all, like, beautiful, you know, like, <laughs> bodybuilding types. So, you <laughs> would know. you get but matching shorts really and matching socks? Absolutely not. No, we just get canvas shorts and we're all fine. Uh, although I feel like the hoodie market might decrease with a sanctuary now in a warm venue rather than a freezing cold church in the middle of winter. So uh, I feel like the hoodie stonks are going to decrease and therefore we might see an increase in other forms of, you know, itemization. I'm feeling bowling shirts. I'm just going to put that up. Bowling shirts and dance-offs. Just putting Maybe that out there. Ba- basketball jerseys might be good. 
<laughs> Duncan says okay. full cricket whites. <laughs> it's also <laughs> just walks in with the with the with the shin guards and what have you, and the helmet. <laughs> Uh, 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 Matthew says I have all of the above our team we also get old school hockey or baseball style jerseys aka bowling shirts are the best Uh, anyway sandals and socks is also a look Uh, anyway sorry Nick Uh, I don't know where we were in the report well I was going to so my bit of advice if you wanted to start a team is just think of a cool name that's true that's true that's why you that's why your team copied the that's why you guys copied the Games Workshop start n- name system. That is slander. And you better be <laughs> careful what you say, Rob, because the lawsuit is ongoing and this is being recorded and could be used as evidence against you in court. <laughs> what am I going to be sued for being a twat? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we came up with... So we we went to... So the first tournament that James, Andy, well, James and Andy went to... Um, was a Games Workshop team tournament. So we all decided to go because everyone had got into 40k. Uh, well, I, James and Andy had got into 40k pretty recently uh, at the start of 8th. So we went to a, a Games Workshop team event and we need, needed a name. We played at James's house most of the time. And uh, he had like a, like a shed thing at the bottom of his garden, which we played in. Um, and we jokingly came up with a name for that James Workshop because we played Games Workshop games there and it was at James's house. Hence, James Workshop was born and we used that as our team name. So that's where that came from. But that kind of, I think a name kind of would unify uh, a team together so you have a common cause to fight for. So I think that's a, a good bit of advice, I think, for starting a team, just thinking of a cool name that people want to be involved with. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. A team name. Interesting, because I'm thinking about putting both a 40k team together and an Age Sigmar team together so I can play at some team events in the future. So that would be one of those things that I would like the Twitch chat to decide, but that would be, I think, a path to disaster. So probably not something I plan on doing, yeah. but maybe. Don't trust uh, the Twitch chat, because it'll be uh, team, Teamy Muck 69 <laughs> yeah. I just want that to happen. Uh, <laughs> Path of Disaster is a great name. <laughs> yeah, that's a good team name. Done it. There we go. Or the Love Rats. I'm into that as well. All right. So, uh, Tom, just uh, one for you before we hear about the games mm-hmm. from Nick. Yeah. Um, you you judged the weekend, right? Like, so I hired yeah. you in as uh, judge, jury, and uh, executioner. Um, yeah. What is? Uh, how yeah. did that go? Talk to me about that. Oh, that went fine. Most of the, like 90% of the questions were just people asking for clarifications because they couldn't be bothered to look in their own books. Uh, and even the, the difficult cool. ones, it was, yeah, even the difficult ones, a lot of it was just open several books at the same time and then go. A couple of those were tricky because uh, we, we we didn't specify the WTC I think it was in play. That's and my, so that's my at bad. Point, at one point, we had some two plus invulnerable save uh, Electro Priest just wandering around the middle of a book. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, like, that's on me. So to let everyone know, <laughs> I think fine. in the sing- I think fine. in the singles pack, I'd put in the event pack that in all cases of an FAQ or, or rules clarity, we would refer to the the WTC mm. FAQ. Yeah, uh, and then I hadn't included that when I copy and pasted it into the teams pack, like some sort of idiot child. So uh, <laughs> my apologies to the team uh, and the people that had to to face off against that. Something I'll be make sure make sure I do in the future. Um, but other than that, Tom, like uh, like judging, like so you didn't think it was much of a stress at all. Pretty easy day. Nah, nah, it was fine. It was a bit, it was a bit of a stress when I was like, oh fuck, I'm sure this happens, but I can't find my reference up oh, to WTCFA pack FAQ. Ah, oh, well, 
never mind. So it was it was fine overall. Um, there was a couple of weird ones about uh, ordering, for example, uh, Electro Priest killing a Granite unit and the Granite unit wanted to fight on death. And did the Electro Priest skip their invulnerable save for killing something against the thing that they killed if it's fighting them? Um, so it was just lots of books everywhere. But honestly, everyone was super chill. So yeah, it was uh, really, really good. Uh, Nick, my, my question to you, uh, like I, I, most events have someone that you can talk to, whether or not it be the TO or something else. Did you find it useful? This is this is not to big up the event. This is more like like for people at home, like, oh, if I go to a tournament, am I allowed to just ask questions for some random fellow in joggers running around is the, is the question. Like, did you find it useful, like having someone like Tom around? Just be like, oh, actually, I can ask an independent available uh yes it was very useful i but i was one of those people that tom mentioned who asked tom about a rule that i should have and could have uh looked up in the rule book um but you know at, at the time i didn't really think of it that way oh you're fine like, tom's yeah, over there ask tom right. he'll yeah, know just ask tom. it's quicker yeah yeah because it was quicker <laughs> yeah um and but i think i only did that once i think i went through the whole tournament only doing that once uh, that was the only rules career that i personally had i think with tom um but yeah it was it was nice to have someone on hand to do that but i think if like if you were doing that at a bigger event i think it you would have to have like tom i think you i'd probably advise tom to say to people like me who ask in that situation just say look it up in your book and i'm sure i think i think that is specified in some packs isn't it i think yeah, uh, I know Neil definitely has a, a policy for that. I think even yellow cards people over it. Oh, really? Especially at the WTC, right? Uh, but at the same time, it, like a lot of the identity of the event is like we have um, intern Matt going around the tables doing drink service and just giving people drinks, which a lot of people were surprised by. But so at the same time, when people are asking me, I'm just like, I'm not going to be a hard ass fucking look it up in your book, you lazy cunt. I'd rather just, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. if I know if it's off my head, I'll just go with it. Uh, if I yeah. don't know, I'll just go, eh, maybe you should check Sometimes, it. The so. thing is, though, the thing is, though, you've got multiple editions, multiple copies of your codex, multiple rules floating around in your head. Yeah. So, like, it's very hard to be resolute about, like, what the rule 100% is. Sometimes it's yeah. nice to just be able to reference up the rule in your own book or ask someone else. That's one of those things yeah. that's... Go on, Nick. What are you say? Yeah, and, and this is why the dream of having an, a perfect app where... I put my armor list in, in a really functional armor list builder. Then I press output and I get all the rules for my armor list in one format, in one place, all of it there that's up to date and correct. And then I have a tab for the rules, which are up to date and correct. That's the dream, obviously. And this is why, because rules are all over the place. And then maybe we'd have less, we'd have less of this uh, pestering refs and people for rules clarifications. Yeah. Uh, so Neil in the chat, just backing up Tom's point, he says, if I find the answer to your question in the army's codex, you're getting carded for being a lazy cunt and not looking first. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, the ITC is going to be doing the same with a new code of conduct as well, uh, which is uh, which is also out there. Um, so that's that's also an interesting take. I think that that's unfair though. Like, I think no, I think that's super fair at something like the World Team Championships. Or something that's super fair at something like the Las Vegas Open, like a billion people. But I think when you are running your local events, actually, you kind of you're trying to help everyone learn and, and, and get. Even though it's a tournament, right? Like, I suppose you should probably apply the same rules to a small tournament <coughs> as maybe um, to a larger tournament. 
Um, but I also think you're trying to like it's a different vibe, right? You're trying to help people, like like it's like my first tournament, like handhold sort of situation. Unless you team clueless on the who turned up with a spreadsheet and the fucking desire to crush face, uh, which was really fun to see. Like they were super fun. I liked it when they played my Porter's team and they were just all giving each other shit. It was a great time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you had a good time, Tom. It was all right. Yeah. It was good, just vibing around, watching all these games. It's nice learning how to play 40k without actually doing it. That was lovely. We see. Uh, was there <laughs> were there any games? Were there any games that stood out to you as something that you thought was quite interesting? I'm trying to think now. I think the first game of the singles, Mark Wildman versus James Wilson, uh, with the uh, Harlequins Craftworlds versus the Drakari, was quite an interesting game. I think I was watching that game and I was thinking I'd do so many things differently, but it's one of those where everyone's like come out of lockdown and they're playing the first event and not everyone's been on TTS like me, just nerding it for the last like nine months. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to see people come back and really like learn from their mistakes because James was definitely learning on the go and when he realized like a turn was so like, oh, I shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. And it was an interesting thing to see. I, I need to think off the top of my head about other games that I quite enjoyed seeing. Uh, there were definitely a few. I definitely enjoyed watching Tim run around with his 260 guardsman. That was fun. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. What a fucking lunatic. And finished lunatic. all his games, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he did. Without movement trays. Can we talk about that? Yeah, so without Tim, movement trays. That's a, a bit gangster. of a heroic effort. Holy moly. That's a huge effort. Uh, absolutely huge effort. Yeah, so Tim. And also a load of the games like finished on time, which I thought was really impressive as well. Uh, yeah, Tim was running 200. Was it 260 guardsmen? That can't be right. 260 two- guardsmen, yeah insane insane yeah. um yeah. none of them like, movement all, traits. all mordians a lot of like most of the metal mm. it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing it was so good uh, <laughs> uh i also yeah anyway it was a great time i also uh, so nick talk us through your games please because i'm very interested you're running death guard right Okay, yes, I was running Death Guard uh, as a quick spin through my list. I had uh, a lot of Contagion, a lot of Virulence. I had a Plague Surgeon. I had two units of 10 Poxwalkers. I had eight Blight Lords, five Death Shroud, three Death Shroud, three Death Shroud, two Flesh Mower Drones, two Playburst Crawlers. So quite a symmetrical list, but with the Blight Lords up the middle with the uh, lot of Contagion and Plague Surgeon. Oh, I also had a, a Foul Blight Spawn mm. as well. Um so first game I played uh, Michael with his uh, Dark Angels. Um, we both kind of expected a draw on this game. So this was a mission where you had six objectives. Um, uh, he went first, which is really good for me because I basically was able to hide most of my army. I split my force. So as we were deploying, I split my force completely evenly because we had two home objectives each. So I put three Death Shroud, ten... Uh, pox walkers a playburst crawler and a drone on either side of objectives so i split my force that way and then i basically waited i think because i could out drop him slightly i waited to see where most of his dangerous stuff was so once he put down his big terminate well he put his big terminator brick in the middle but he put like an extra five terminators and uh, a talon master on the his sorry on my right so uh, I put my Blight Lords on my left instead. So Because I, I kind of felt in this matchup that we both had similar kind of armies. We were both kind of resilient and tanky armies, but had quite a big punch in combat. Um, but I felt that his Terminator Brick beats my Terminator Brick. And uh, I didn't really want to fight it necessarily. And also he has Obsex, so he out-Obsex me. So um, we kind of... M- swapped sides of the board 
uh, we, we both kind of took one central one each and we both swapped a home one each over the course of the game. And the Terminator bricks never met. It was quite cagey. I didn't want to give him mine to charge. I didn't want to, no one wanted to risk a long charge really. And he didn't really want to risk a long charge with me. Um, a key moment in that game was one of our playburst crawlers. He had his Talon Master flyover, shoot my last death shroud on one of my objectives and take it from me. So all I had, all he had in that quarter on that objective was the Talon Master. And I had one playburst, one playburst crawler left and hit it heroically using the strat that give it three damage for its big gun and its two entropy cannons was able to destroy that Talon Master, um, which was quite a big swing. Uh, and it ended up um being and i think it was like 94 84 or yeah, something like really that close. it was really so close, it was, no no sorry it was no it was 85 84 sorry it was one point in it yeah so he he just edged me by one point so it was a 10 10 um can i was, ask a question about this game yes uh did you have a foul blade spawn i did yes so what why were you scared of just running directly at his terminator brick um, he also had a spell which has fight last. Okay. So I think both of our Terminators would both be on the fight last bracket. Yeah, um, that's fair. And also I just didn't, and, and he had 10 Terminators and more characters. Um, I just felt like his Terminators uh, would beat mine slightly. Uh, that's fair. That's and fair. He had, yeah. If but you can make you fight last so. as well, that makes sense. But if you can't make you fight last, it's one of those where you can just walk at him and then you can just carve him up as soon as he touches you and it probably win the grind. But if you can make you fight last, yeah, that makes sense. I think he also had uh, three multi-master attack bikes who managed to mm -hmm. kill three Blight Lords for turn one. So mm -hmm. from the get-go, I was down to five Blight Lords. Okay. Um, and also, I think he's got Thunderhammers in his brick as well. So they go yeah. down to two, whereas I just got lots of damage one and he's transhuman all the time and stuff like that yeah yeah but that's fair that's fair i just preferred in that game to dance around the objectives but what uh, over the overall one like one of the my units of the tournament were my blight drones they were brilliant in almost yeah really game. good and they the were really good in right? this game um because one of them took his home objective so similar to what his talent master did to me uh taking my one of my home objectives one of my plague drones took his Home objective which he left some bikes on just on their own uh, so he went over and killed those and took it from him um and yeah so that was game one so a 10 10 draw um and then my game two was a death guard mirror match against tom um who had an also a really really nice uh death guard army um lovely slightly color. different slightly different yeah really nice dude as well um slightly different list although it was a death guard mirror match we had Slightly different list. So he had two big bricks of Blight Lords, uh, Flying Demon Prince, and two um, Contempted Dreadnoughts with the Volkites and the Tallyman. Um, and we had, but what was, so I went first in this game, and what was quite fortunate for me, I think, is that my two Playburst Crawlers managed to take out one of the Volkite Dreadnoughts straight away. Yeah. Um, because in his turn, that Volkite went to work for the next three turns. Like every every time it shot, it did at least six mortal wounds to one of my units. I saw loads like, of Volkite dreadnoughts over the weekend. Yeah, they were obscenely like, good. Yeah, for 150 points, they're obscenely good. I think uh, it's not not because they do a lot of shots. There's no rend on it. Sorry, AP. The damage too, <laughs> which is all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's but it's just the mortal wounds. <laughs> the mortal wounds. If you if you get a good roll on you, because you get loads of shots, you get lots of chances at sixes. And if you get a good roll, and Tom did 
quite well uh, over the course of the game with with that one. So I dread to think what would have happened if he had both on the board. It would have been a bit mental. Um, but so, yeah, so I had a decent first turn. I moved up. But then in his first turn, he kind of moved onto the objectives with the two Terminator bricks. Um, and then he flew his Demon Prince forward. Um, and he, his Demon Prince was going to charge. So I moved. Uh, so in this one, there's a central objective. So my army list is designed so the Plague Drones can jump on their turn one and score it. So every game I took Stranglehold. So it's important for me to have a fast unit that can go to the middle, tag that objective and score it if it's available to be scored that way. So my Plague Drone did that turn one. But then in his turn, he responded with his Demon Prince flying forward and charging that drone. And then I, because I was the inexorable, they've got the strat to minus two to charge. So I'm like, ha ha, here we go, Tom. Lured you into the trap. Make that a nine inch charge. Turn that into an 11 inch charge. He goes and rolls the 11 and gets his demon prince <laughs> anyway. Get um, <Yeah>, fucked. <laughs> uh, but his demon prince doesn't kill my drone and my drone actually gets a few attacks back on him. Uh, weakens him a little bit. But the problem is that that denies me 15, object, uh, 15 primary points. So this is hold two for five, hold three for 10 and hold more for 15. So that demon prince making that charge cost me 10 points, um, which was a bit of an issue. Um, and then so and also this is so in this turn two, I make a, uh, a bit of an error. Um, so uh, his demon prince is in the middle. I've got to try and deal with the demon prince now. Um, so I retreated the wounded plague drone and sent in another plague drone to go and charge it and then moved up my terminators to go and charge him as well. And I wanted to tickle him a little bit with some shooting and the plague and I ended up using the plague skull of Glothea, which I think was a mistake. So I, sh I was going to shoot him a little bit to weaken him up and then charge him with the terminators and to kill him. But I ended up using the plague skull, which is like a mortal wounds once per game thing. And I actually killed the demon prince, which was, I think, a mistake. Um, because I needed to use that charge movement to get my Terminators into the middle. Um, and also I left both my Plague Drones a little bit too far forward because in his next turn, that gave both of his Terminator bricks about a five or a six inch charge. And that allowed him to flood the middle with both units of Terminators uh, and just fill that middle. And basically over the course of the game, I couldn't delete enough Terminators and get enough bodies onto that objective to score it. So for the next couple of turns, he was scoring 15 primary, 15 primary, and I was only scoring five. Uh, I was, uh, he he picked incorrect secondaries. Um, uh, he picked uh, banners and the scan one, and I was able to deny him scanning and putting up banners for most of the game and, and stuff like that. Um, so I was winning on secondaries, but he was smashing it on primaries. Um, uh, yeah, so that was kind of how that game went. It was that turn two, couple of mistakes for me, not uh, killing the demon prince uh, when I should have charged it and leaving those play drones a bit too far forward for him to get those terminators into the middle. So that was, uh, I think it was like a 14 6, 14 to him, 6 to me that game, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I could have won that game had I not made uh, a couple of those mistakes and potentially had I not been a little bit of luck in the demon prince getting into the middle turn one. But but it was a, a really interesting game, um, and yeah, super fun to play time. So that that was an awesome game. Um, and then and also last... a Death Guard, a Death Guard super match. Death Guard super match. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Basically, in the middle, like it took a, the Terminators were just hitting each other, and no one was dying. Um, it was like yeah, a bit mental. Um, but what was really what was amazing in that game? I had a plague surgeon. He was hiding behind the ruin. 
healing everyone in the center in the when the massive combat was going on and i rolled so many sixes for his saves really so that play surgeon was working overtime uh, in that game i don't know if i'd be asked to take him but like if you're saying he was doing a great job i, I think uh, yeah he he was he was really valuable for me over the course of the tournament i i would i would take him again in, in my next death guard list okay if you're running big book of terminators 100 i would i know you know it i'm not doing it i'm flipping the script yeah i'm running marines in rhinos might not be right might not be right, but it's the journey I want to go on. Mainly, also, yeah. I don't have loads of Terminators, so <laughs> I I did the as st- the stonks fucked me. I went I went in on forty five Marines, and they fucking flipped the script on me, Nick. So I'm just gonna yeah. run with what I got, see how I feel. Well, to be fair, you'd think if they're releasing Codex Death Guard, you'd think Plague Marines would be good. Yeah, assume that that would be the case. But that's I reversed myself. The stonks got me, so that's and that's the problem when you play the stonks game. Sometimes you die by the stonk and sword. And you lose. Yeah, that's how it works. But I'm diamond handsing those bad boys to the to the moon, basically. And I still think that they could do some work, but they don't have any fun. That's going to probably fuck them up quite a bit. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so who did you play game two? Also, what board were you playing on that game? Uh, game two was on the Eldar board. Game one was on Ram- game, uh, Ramshackle Games board. Brilliant board. Yep. Game two was on Eldar. Uh, how did you find the difference between the two, or was there really any any difference? Well, the Ramshackle game, Ramshackle Games board is all ruins, and the Elder one had a couple of big, uh, unbreachable things. Mm. Um, I think it added a interesting element to the game because it, we uh, we both wanted to start in the middle and walk forward into the middle, but we had to both go round. So it gave like my plague drones an advantage because they could fly over it, and it gave his demon prince an advantage because he could fly over it, and it. Yeah, it meant we had to change our game plan a little bit. So, um, yeah, it was a problem for me, but it wasn't like a problem that I'm upset about. It's just, oh, it's an interesting problem for me to work out with my army and and adapt to survive. Okay, yeah. All right, sweet, sweet. Yeah, like I, I, I'm interested about the general feedback. Tom, you were running around the event at the weekend. How did you find the feedback on the terrain? Was it was it okay? Did uh, you think? Yeah, it was really. I think it was really good. Yeah, I think everyone was really pleased with how the terrain was. Uh, I also am in a couple of chats after the event. I was seeing people talking about it, and they were all really hyper positive as well. So yeah, I think everyone uh, had a great time with the terrain. Honestly, I was so so super stressed about it. I so wanted to make sure it was like something that like worked. Like, and I know that like most forty k players will accept apparently just four pieces of cardboard from what you find in your like a box at home. Just like, a cereal box. Yeah, just a cereal box, like some sort of like tree that you've not even bought from a model train set, like some children's toys, like mm. just any of those things are like acceptable forty k terrain for the community. I didn't know that. I thought you had to do a good job for the people attending your event. <laughs> Really Turns out, Rob, you didn't need 3D printers. You just needed printers. Yeah, just some printers. I should have just <laughs> just got some paper and stuck it together, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> hey, PC Guardian, big love to you. Um, uh, and what was your, who's your third game, Nick? So third game, uh, big shout out to Jack Vincent, uh, who was my third game. Uh, he he let me know at the start of the game that he's a podcast podcast bro. So shout out to Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was playing Sisters of Battle, uh, and this is a pretty very good mission for Death Guard, I think, because it's the quarters deployment. Only need to hold one for five, and there's an objective in the middle that you can walk your Terminators in straight away. But Jack had me on edge at the start of the game. This was Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I think this comes back to a point that uh, Colonel Cabbage raised a couple of shows ago that he got from uh, Darren Watson, and I don't know if Jack did this on purpose, but he had me on edge straight away. Because we started deploying, we said hello, blah, 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 blah. Um, we started deploying, and Jack was deploying 
very, very confidently. Oh, okay. I love this. I, I love some like, mind games. Tell me well. more. Tell me I more. Was like, I was like, okay, he seems pretty confident about this. What's going on? I'm like thinking about it, deploying my stuff. I'm I'm deploying confidently as well, but because I, I kind of know roughly where my stuff's going to go and what I'm going to do, but I'm like putting it down here. But but it's kind of putting me a little bit on edge that he's deploying so confidently. And he's like, he doesn't see, like, he just, yeah. Uh, and I, because I was like, oh my God. Because I've never played Sisters before as well. Even though this was the old book, I've never played Sisters about before. So it's my first game against them. I've, I've I kind of got an understa- a rough understanding of what they do as an army. Uh, the Miracle Dice and all that kind of stuff. And he was the Bloody Rose, so the combat the combat one. Yep. Um, but then we got, uh, I think during my first or second turn, he said to me something like, um... Uh, oh, you don't need to think about it too much, Nikos, or you're thinking you're thinking too much, thinking too much about it, Nikos, or something like that. So I think, so I ended up getting a twenty nil in this game, um, and I think he was deploying confidently because, I mean, maybe Jack can put a comment on YouTube or something, but I think he was deploying confidently because he felt it was a really bad matchup for him, and he kind of foresaw me just getting to the middle, him not going to uh, shoot me off, and him losing the game. Um, I'm not sure if that was the case or not, um, but it did sort of throw me a little bit at the start that he was deploying and just sort of was so seemed so confident about what was going to happen in the game. Um, so that was quite interesting. Um, so can I tell you one of my favourite things that I saw? Actually, I saw Team Clueless uh, with their complex matrix. Right, they're playing against uh, the Sons of Hummus when they did the pairing setup. And one of the things that I thought was really funny is the other guys didn't have a pairings matrix at all, and they kind of did the pairings. And then uh, I think I saw Mike uh, just grab different pairings between the two teams. He was like, "Well, that's a twenty nil to us. That's a twenty like it, like just like was that kind of like overbearing yeah. confidence." Which I thought, like, and it was also a it's big. Mike as well, so you take it seriously. Yeah, it was like a big psych out. It was like a big fucking psych out, and I was like, it was so funny watching the teams because, like, I tried to keep my mouth shut. Like every time I walked around to a table and I'd look, and I didn't know what was necessarily happening in minutia, but I was kind of like looking, and I was like, okay, keep my mouth shut. Like, you know, like it was fun watching. Like Tom, I'm sure you were the same. Um, yeah. But it was what it was fun watching teams and players psych each other out. Like, I'm not necessarily at the start, but there's something there, right? That happens in in um in tabletop sports a lot like mm. there's mm-hmm. some it's a confidence game right like i compare it a lot more yeah. to street chess oh, yeah. than i do to chess there are a bunch of players who are good specifically because of their confidence and it's very weird just watching it manifest like it's difficult to describe without like seeing it uh but certain players are, we call them confidence players right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Their, their freedom to just do whatever they think is right in the moment and just go a hey, whatever and just go for it kind of makes them stronger like a good example is like when you give nick beers uh not you nick like uh, nick brown like when nick drinks he becomes stronger until he cut falls off a cliff same with darren like, yeah daniel a bunch of different people who just play like when yeah, they yeah. uh when they smooth they have no off. inhibitions they just go for it yeah yeah they just go for it it's a lot more confidence specifically we don't mean the knights of the gaming time game table guy we specifically don't mean that guy no, wrong no, sort of confidence no. yeah wrong yeah, yeah. sorry nick please continue yeah. with your game uh, no, that that was basically it. So yeah, so my Terminators deployed in the middle, walked forward, uh, stood there for a bit. The plague drones got shot off, uh, but uh, and the yeah the, the Terminator Stormbots were pretty good at mowing down some sisters. The playburst crawlers were just solid across all my games. I think only one of them died ever. Um, oh really? And they just constantly plinked away. The entropy cannons were really really good. Uh, as, as giving me some long range damage. Um, 
And the Lord of Virulence dropped down with the Death Shroud and just wrecked face, because that's what the Lord of Virulence does. Best unit in the game. Oh, yeah. 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 Is he the best unit in the game? Best unit in the game. You had a lot of confidence in him. Why were you so confident yeah. with him? Because it throws people off when I'm confident about him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that works. That works. <laughs> uh, so, oh, can we get some... I've made a cool model for him, and I, I love the Lord of Evidence just for no particular reason. Uh, he so wasn't can... that great of the tournament. He was all right. Can we do some uh, things that we didn't discuss? Because there's a classic tournament review from the Honest Wargamer. As a venues open up and we are able to go to other tournaments around the world you will hear this classic review so there's some pretty key points tom i don't know if you remember them all uh from uh it's been a while since we've been all event, i remember right? are the uh blow dryers yeah hand dryers yeah. nick can i get a hand dryer review uh out of 10 out of 10 mm, i'm gonna go for a seven okay fair okay okay what could have been better were they the dysons no, they weren't the Dysons. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember what brand it was. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe you need to get a more recognisable brand that's that fair. will wow me and <laughs> really make me think, you know, this is an upmarket establishment. You need a, you need a Gucci uh, blow yeah. dryer there. Well, right we already there. know that the Gucci version, we've discussed this many times, but the Gucci version is, of course, paper towels. <laughs> True. But it's that's handed out, handed out by some uh, a gentleman in the toilet with uh, some sprays and stuff. To He's just loitering there in the toilet, <laughs> yeah. like a yeah. I, Honestly, I, if I could get a toilet attendant in, that would be so brilliant. Like just spraying you as you leave and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the so toilet's please... not particularly big, so it'd be a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> it would be really, it would be really. I, I, I did see you having a struggle with the door at one point, Nick. You want to? I did see you have a struggle with the door trying to get out of the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's very that's tight. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, other yeah. things um, uh, that we review when we go to tournament: um, uh, heat levels. Uh, heat levels was fine. Yeah, I didn't find myself getting cold or sweaty. I had a ho- I had a hoodie with me, but I was mostly in my t-shirt all day. Okay, positives, positive. Yeah. Uh, table height. That's something we review. Table height. Is that? Are you sure that's something that we reviewed in the past, or is I'm sure it is. Tom, like, get on me of this because we're tall fellas. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, I don't I think it's been more height before. Yeah. Yeah, we've done table height before. That's true. Just because okay, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Go on. The table height was. Uh, table height was really good. They're kind of like waist height. Um. So uh, and they're really really solid and sturdy as well. It's not like these fold out wobbly tables that are at a good height like you could really i could lean my entire body weight on these on the edge of this so you have a, like a almost like an eight inch lip as well so you can put things on lean on it uh yeah really the tables were excellent Thank fine you. craft craftsmanship fine well. craftsmanship some of the best in the land i'd say yeah uh yeah. okay noise levels okay noise levels this is definitely something like so uh, so Team James Workshop, unfortunately, only ever played in the bar area, which was fine. No complaints on playing there. Tables were great. But it's the more normal tournament experience where, uh, particularly the last game when we'd been there the whole day, like um, I was struggling to sometimes hear Jack a little bit when I was leaning over, I was trying to listen, partly because I'm a little bit deaf in one ear from being headed in my ear once at football um, and perforating my eardrum. Um, but I heard that it was really, really nice in the, the sectioned off bit because um, the sound apparently when you're in that, in that bit is um, uh, really good because all the, the uh, you're sectioned off so you don't get the, the noise. So it's a more private gaming experience. So mm-hmm. um, all, 
also on this mitigating yeah. factor, everyone was wearing masks, which meant that obviously they do. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That again, that again makes it a little bit hard, harder to communicate as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, food. Non-existent. So zero out of ten. Zero out of ten. Although super, we, so we went fun. to Blend, which is a cafe around the corner. I had a BLT. Didn't particularly like it. The bread wasn't very nice. The got rave, got rave reviews the week before. You weren't a fan of the blend BLT. No. Interesting. Bacon was bacon was too salty, and oh, the wow. bread was. Oh, that nice. sounds like a place I'd love to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. You didn't get yourself a fancy coffee or anything like that. Uh, I didn't. No. 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 Okay. All right, well, that's fair. Well, I think that's all of the things that we normally look for. At a what about yes, seating? Steve Dooley what about in the seating? chat. You brought out table height, Rob. What about seating? Do we review seating at other events? Seating. Fair with seating. Uh, there was, there were, there were some seats. There were some seats, but not all. They weren't. There weren't seats. We are currently <laughs> adding seats to the venue roster. Uh, <laughs> hey, Steve Dooley. Uh, what have you missed? Age of Sigma three started. Uh, we still can't really leave our houses very well, but we kind of, kind of bit. Um, small events are happening, and uh, uh, we've voted out two different terrain systems from the terrain house. That's caught okay, you up. More armchairs. I don't think we can afford the room for the armchairs. Although Nick oh, oh, votes oh, on gosh. armchairs on every table. That would I don't need to be the room basically. Also, no, because they're, they're, they're the wrong height unless you raise them up on a plinth as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be too much. That would be too much. Uh, that's true. Also, dark elves are really good, Steve Dooley. But in in space, dark elves in space, great. Dark elves uh, in the mortal realms, still not good. Just just an FYI. Uh, okay, well I think that's uh, that's everything. Yeah, we need some more chairs, is what you're saying. We got two more chairs. We're trying chairs. Yeah, we're, we're expanding the chair capacity. It's fine. Yeah, the chair capacity yeah. of the venue needs reviewing. And Nick is right. I'm currently 3D printing four chairs right now. Um, uh, <laughs> the only thing, yeah, just as a TO. The only thing I was disappointed at is I didn't finish all eight boards. I only did seven boards, so I had to borrow a set of boards. So I just want to thank um, uh, the kind listener who lent us a, a set of boards, uh, even if he is a giant cheater. Uh, but still... Uh, the, uh, <laughs> that sounds like some spice. <laughs> Cheating fine. in the 40k community? Never heard what? of What? <laughs> Uh, but yeah like and hopefully more 40k events in the future i think i'm gonna try and play so not this weekend not next weekend so the day are is the let me just get this right is the 17th and 18th we have two 40k events at the arena um and right now i'm not too interested in like traveling particularly far like or booking events that are particularly far so i think i'm gonna try and play in those two 40k events uh which is gonna be fun so i'm gonna go for i'm at least gonna play in the singles which is going to be the first outing for my Death Guard. But there's a lot of Death Guard already there at the weekend, so now I kind of feel like, oh, it's like... just you take an anti-Death death Guard Death Guard there? I'm just going to try for Marines, yeah. Tom. And if they suck, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to run around, try it. Get three rhinos, fill it with lads, run forward, see what happens. Boom. Done. Yeah, I think it will suck, but I mean... As long as you've got cleavers, you'll be fine. That's all I want, more cleavers. Hey, more I've cleavers. i gargant cleavers over here. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big cleavers. Okay, well, I'm glad you had a nice weekend, Nick. Uh, and a um, big shout out to James Workshop. Thank big you. shout out to Team Clueless. Big shout out to the, the, all of the winners. I think my special shout out has to go to John Partridge. Um, oh, uh, 
I had to cut him off the bar once. For yeah, we did have to cut him off the bar once, but then it turns it. out that he actually is someone competent enough to drink. Um, oh, uh, yeah, he's a tank. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a tank. Uh, but uh, uh, the only person... I didn't even know this was a thing. So he played at the singles event uh, on the um, uh, Saturday. Uh, which he got best sports for, which means he gets a free yeah. ticket to the next event because that's so what we do. He has to drive do. four hours. Yeah, <laughs> so he's got to drive four <laughs> hours. So he got three three favorite game votes, which uh, I think best sports uh, getting a, a free ticket is. I think like I I I like that a lot uh, because that means your event eventually will become full of people who are just super wicked to play Warhammer against, right? Um, yeah. And then same, uh, but then John also got three favorite game votes. On the third, on the on the Sunday for the team event, and his team, the Sons of Hummus, also got enough um, uh, favorite game votes that they then ended up winning a free t- free team ticket as well. So, uh, like, pretty impre- incredible to play six games yeah. of forty k with Dark yeah. Angels and not piss anyone off. Yeah, that, that's a good job. It is true. I but was, maybe I have to say, I was on. watching him play uh, John Green from Bobo in round three of the singles, and it was one of the funniest experiences I've ever seen. How come? <laughs> Well, just watching them vibe off each other was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It was also great. Like, there were some people who it was their first 40K event, which was John and Johnny. Like, there was just some great individuals uh, playing at the event. So, like, it was really nice meeting them. And, again, just reinforced my favorite thing about Warhammer, which is meeting people and rolling some dice. Some bones. Yeah. yeah I, I would have liked to have come to Saturday because, um, yeah, because I've met John, John and Johnny from Bobo uh, at, at the Bobo playing AOS. And it would have been sweet to hang out and play some 40K. Yeah, yeah, super great guys. They were really good. All right, well, lovely. Uh, the Spice Center uh, will be back next week with more spicy goodness. Who knows what the Spice, spice. Center will bring? The spice, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, Tom, you got any shout-outs? Anyone want your big up today? Uh, no, not today. I I can't really think about it because I'm trying to just blast my way through my Ogremore Tribes army. I have no idea what painting requirements are in AOS. But at the same time, I'm trying to not ruin it. So I'm just thinking about it, trying to get this done. Uh, ready for a weekend where I'm going to play some iOS. Okay, interesting. Not very 40K-y, but that's super okay. No. Nick, what about you? Um, I'll just give another shout-out to my teammates. Uh, Andy has just done up in chat. Paul and James, and also my opponents, Michael, Tom, and Jack. Oh, lovely. Uh, i got to tell you, the, uh, the that Grey Knight army was... Yeah. Muchos. Worth, worth every bit of that 3D printed award. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, shout out to Steve Dooley in the chat. That's my shout out. I'm so glad he's back at, from C. Um, and thanks for listening to the 40K Spy Center. We'll be back live again next week, 7 p.m. Um, obviously, the Spice Center, where the, only the hottest gel phrases from 40K will taste and go in your ear. Buds. Sharpest no. mind in 40k space. Two brothers, <laughs> they're just regular brothers in a van. <laughs> Making hot curries full of 40k. It's not edible, but it's tasty. Thanks for listening. And then a meteor hit. <laughs>